It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Refer to this morning proceedings as Kex and X. In fact, he already we texted this morning and he used it as a hashtag at some point. Let me just say here, uh, it's definite baseball and breakfast, and TCU is having most of the baseball and eating K-State's breakfast. But it is day one of the Big 12 Conference Baseball Tournament, the official name, the Phillips 66 Big 12 Baseball Championship. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019 at AM 1260, where we're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. Jeff Howell's on his way up here. He's on the drive up here, so uh, Jeff and I will be on tomorrow. But you have me for the first hour of the program today. Before I uh, adjourn downstairs and have my pregame conversation with David Pierce and get everything ready for the broadcast of Texas Longhorn Baseball today at 1230 in the Big 12 Conference Tournament. The Longhorns, the top seed and the uh, co-regular season champions of the Big 12 to uh, take on the Kansas Jayhawks, the number eight seed. And we always throw out the advisory that... When we say 12.30 approximately, uh, approximate time 12.30, let me say there's a really decent chance that it will will start on time. If for no other reason, the fact that TCU was up 8 to nothing on Kansas State after three innings. The Horn Frogs scored five in the uh, bottom of the first. Braden Taylor with a three-run homer. Curtis Byrne with a two-run homer. Then they added three more runs in the second. They've just finished the third and so the Frogs, the number four seed, lead the five seed Kansas State eight to nothing as they go to the. Uh, uh, actually, it'll be the bottom of the third. They're going to now. TCU is the four seed, so they're going to the bottom of the third. And I'd say the odds are pretty good that it stays on track unless K State really gets hot with the bats. So far, that hasn't been the case because Cam Brown has done a heck, heck of a job on the on the mound with three scoreless innings, allowing only one hit. Uh, there so far. So it's it's been good for him. And so now TC comes to bat in the bottom of the third inning up eight to nothing. Our own Cam, Cameron Parker, is our producer back in the studios. How you doing this morning, Cam? Good morning, Craig. And unless you're listening to Don Miller's traffic report, there was a sentence that I think would be music to your ears. Were you able yeah. to hear it before? Yeah, what what was it? And Miller said that the Round Rock area does not have any traffic for the first time. And I was okay. thinking about your drive-in and how usually we're all running a little bit behind, but you're in you're in Arlington, Craig. You couldn't get to enjoy the no traffic on the roads because I think school is pretty much officially over with, and the roads are now smooth sailing here to the Horn Studio. That's good to hear. That, no, no, I'm I'm always glad to hear that, even if I'm not there 
on site. I'd almost feel like I'd have to see it to believe it, but exactly. I understand it. <laughs> so that's that's good. Good on Don Miller and good on uh, Williamson County there for folks navigating the I-35 corridor uh, to get down uh, down to the greater Austin area. So that's good to know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, and, and, and let me tell you, I was also glad in that yesterday uh, when I was doing the first hour of the program from my home in, in as I like to say, the Williamson County Bureau, uh, I heard it was a horrible day for trying to get down 35. So I was kind of glad and relieved that, that I wasn't making that drive in because of that yesterday. And as we know, normally uh, Tuesday's the worst day of the week for traffic. Uh, Wednesday is slightly better, but sometimes only slightly better. So that's good to hear that it's significantly better today. Then Thursday is another step up. And then, you know, Mondays and Fridays are usually pretty clean. There's not that not that much. They had a, they had a big clog up or uh, uh, way up north right about where I live on Monday morning. But below that, on down through Round Rock, it wasn't bad. So hopefully with the summer being on us now and school being out, that, that helps a little bit. Um, like I said, baseball tournament underway. TCU batting in the bottom of the third inning, and they're up eight nothing on Kansas State. So it looks like uh, if the Longhorns handle their business and and defeat Kansas today in the game that follows, we'll have more on that coming up. Uh, certainly with our Longhorn notebook coming up at the bottom of the hour, it looks like they'll be playing TCU, a team they took two or three from in Fort Worth. They're late in the season, but TCU, like Texas, is playing much better baseball here over the last. Uh, two to three weeks. It was it was th- it was nineteen days ago. I guess it was no. It was even more than that. It was over a month ago when the Longhorns uh, were in Fort Worth to take two out of three from TCU, and that was the the series they got shifted to Saturday, Sunday, Monday because they were concerned about rain. It ended up not raining. Uh, very, very little anyway. And uh, the Longhorns took the first two games. Uh, Lucas Gordon pitched really well on Friday night. And then on Saturday, or Saturday, I should say Saturday night, because, again, it was Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Then on Sunday, you had LeBaron Johnson pitch uh, a, a great game for him. And we had the big throwout at the plate uh, with the uh, former Horn Frog, Porter Brown, uh, th- uh, throwing out uh uh, Carson Bowen trying to score from third on the sack fly there in the ninth in the ball game, and then it was Tanner Witt's return on Monday, May first. So we're not quite at uh, a month there, but we're getting uh, we're getting pretty close to it uh, to a, a month since that happened. And and then he had Tanner Witt with his return, and you could tell he was still trying to get the fastball command down and all those things. So he's 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 feeling better and doing much better. Um, and uh, and and comes off his best outing, the one against West Virginia. So uh, here, and by the way, TCU has had another run, and Kansas State is throwing the ball all around the field. There was a, a misplayed fly ball, uh, and then uh, that was uh, then compounded by a throwing error that allowed another runner to move up another base and a run. So it's nine nothing Horn Frogs as they bat in the bottom of the third. So the odds are really really good that this could end. And this is what I meant also about. Uh, keeping the tournament on schedule. Uh, the 10-run rule does apply in the Big 12 Conference Tournament all the way to the championship game. It is not in play in the championship game. Ironically, which is on a Sunday, which is usually the, the day that it always applies, uh, the getaway day, but it does not apply for the championship game. But it, it does apply 
for all other games of the tournament. So in every other game in the tournament, the 10-run rule is in play. And right now it's 9 nothing Frogs as they bat with a runner at third, by the way, in one out. And I think we're going to have a sacrifice fly. Uh, yep, but the throw won't even make it to the plate in time. It's 10 nothing TCU right now. So if they go on uh, and just maintain this lead for four more bats, they're going to have a run rule victory here. So that would, as I mentioned, that would keep things, uh, that would keep it on track. Uh, to make it uh, a run rule win for TCU. So if the Longhorns handle their business, uh, the it's it's an extremely uh, extreme likelihood they're going to play TCU since TCU's up ten nothing right now. But we'll keep everybody posted on that and and get everybody ready for that. Also, uh, what we're going to do here uh, with our uh, Longhorn notebook is uh, update uh, the regional projections uh, because they are updated. There's three sets of regional projections now. Two of the three Longhorn fans are going to like. One, not so much. So we'll update on that. Uh, There is tournament baseball going on everywhere. Uh, Now, today is the first full day. There were some of those games that were in the – that had single elimination. Like Texas A&M's win over Tennessee. Um, That was in the SEC tournament. That was a single eliminator yesterday. And uh, Alabama-Kentucky was a single elimination game yesterday in the SEC tournament. They had two uh, single elimination games in the Sun Belt tournament uh, yesterday. It's really weird. You want to talk about a, a gigantic fall. Old Dominion at one time was was tied for, maybe had sole possession of first place in the Sun Belt Conference at about the midway mark of the season. And they were mentioned in regional projections and all this stuff. They even got ranked. Uh, they were even ranked. And you talk about a fall from grace and just kind of tumbled down the stretch, uh, wound up as the 10 seed, and uh, and then went out yesterday in the tournament. It was it was kind of weird what happened there in the Sun Belt. But Coastal Carolina dominates that league, and they're a top eight uh, listed, I think, in two of those three sets of regional projections. Uh, so tournament plays going on all across the country as well. Also, also uh, – Today is the day Texas softball leaves for Knoxville, Tennessee. They get ready for the Super Regional Series that begins uh, on uh, Friday in Knoxville, Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock, which you can hear on 105.3 The Bat. Uh, Texas rowing leaves today and and, uh, headed up to uh, New Jersey uh, for uh, the opportunity to win a third straight national championship. So, Got all that going on. So it's a busy time right now. Uh, NBA uh, and the NHL last night set a record for being the first series, the first time that both conference final series started 3-0. 3-0 in the East and West of the NBA, 3-0 in the East and West in uh, the NHL. Now, in the NBA, there will not be a sweep in the East because Boston stepped up and beat Miami last night to trim the deficit the three games to one. But in the National Hockey League tonight, uh, it'll be Florida going for the sweep of Carolina. And after last night's results where Cameron Parker was in attendance, it's not good for the Dallas Stars. And let me also tell you, Cam, there were um, several members of the support staff of Longhorn Baseball who were at that game last night. Oh man! As you were now, now, did you go 
with Tom McKay, or did he just kind of get you taken care of up there? No. I uh, went with my dad and another friend. Uh, Tom McKay hooked us up, and he can hook everyone else up with an incredible home and, and sound system for those looking for maybe a ways to watch the NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Finals a little bit later on. But, no, Tom hooked us up. A huge thanks to him. Great seats. Uh, the game, Craig, not so much. Ooh. I, to hear at breakfast this morning and visiting with uh, with some of the Texas staff, the support staff uh, that were at the game last night, to hear them tell it, uh, they they said that all the air went out of the building about what yeah. two minutes into the game. Vegas, I mean, didn't take long. Vegas right. scored about a minute and twenty seconds to the game, and then right after that, Jamie Ben inexplicably decides to try and take out a, a night sky throwing his head against the, the glass, the ground, I, I think, was ejected. Five-minute major penalty. And he's one of your, your senior leaders. I mean, you, you can't have that in the Western Conference Finals when you're down 2 no, gate two nothing, and then you're already down in the game a goal to nothing, and it went 2 nothing there. And, yeah, I mean, the air, you could just tell the entire energy in the building just left. It, it was almost like a funeral the rest of the game. In Vegas, they won 4 nothing. Dallas shot them. By double, Craig, and, and, but it never felt like they really had any high-quality chances. It felt like Vegas was in control from the very beginning, and the Stars just lost their composure early on. And it was kind of like the Celtics-Miami Heat game three, right, where you think Boston's got to come out and, and, you know, really fight to keep the series alive, and they got blown out. And that's what happened last night in game three. Wow. And and, and then not only was it a loss of composure for Jamie Benn, by the way, a Texas star, a Texas Stars alum was part of that championship team uh, back several years ago. Um, you know, not only not only was it a loss of composure for for the Dallas Stars and for Jamie Benn, it was also a loss of composure for Dallas Stars fans, was it not? Yeah. And at the end of the second period, which I don't – a lot of people around me who season ticket holders had never seen it before, but there was actually 21 seconds left in the period. Stars fans, I mean, when you're getting blown out at home, you know, you're you're probably not in the best of moods. And they started throwing uh, throwing drinks, food, et cetera, onto the ice, um, just making it a, a mess. And the, and the referees just – they called it. And so they added those 21 seconds to the beginning of the third period – I believe the Stars actually released an apology this morning for the fans uh, on their social media platforms condemning what happened. But all around, uh, not a great look. Um, not a great look for Dallas. There were some fans, Craig. Uh, Dak Prescott was in the building. Fans were walking out saying it's the Dak Prescott curse. Uh, oh, I can't confirm or deny that, um, but uh, that's, that's, that's the mood. Not, not a good mood in the American Airlines Center last night. Now uh, a must win. Uh, game four tomorrow night and. You're in the same boat with your Hurricanes, Craig. Yep, yep, and and they just looked listless the other night. I, I thought one of the uh, – I got back to the hotel last night. I was here during the day uh, getting things set up for the game broadcast and and, went, and obviously uh, watching the uh, watching the team work out here. They had a practice here in the afternoon and, um, and then went to uh, an early dinner with uh, our good friends Rex Holt and uh, the chief, Matt Davis, from the – uh, from Oklahoma State's radio network. So we walked back into the hotel last night because most, I don't know if all the teams are staying uh, at the live by lows, but at least I know that the top four, well, Oklahoma is as well. So I'd say most of the teams are staying uh, at the live by lows. TCU is not. I was told that they're just busing back and forth from Fort Worth. 
But the rest of the teams are staying, you know, which you can just walk across the courtyard basically to get over to the uh, the hotel from here in the ballpark. And um, we walk in. There's a couple of guys from the Big 12 Conference. They're going to say, what are you guys doing together? And I said, hey, top two seeds going to dinner. Is that all right? <laughs> so we, we went – we went for an early dinner, but I came back, and then uh, I was watching. Uh, I went up to my room, and I was working on uh, some different things for the broadcast. But I had the, the hockey game on, and I could see where it was not going well. And, uh, and, and watching the telecast and the ESPN crew, and they were talking about what was going on in the East. And they said, you know, other than tonight's game the, the, with Vegas, uh, you know, handling the Stars last night, they said other than tonight's game – Every game in the East and West has been really close. They've mm-hmm. gone overtime, you know, those games, the, the first two in the East. The third one did not go overtime, but it was a one to nothing game. <laughs> and the analyst said, and you know, you just got the feeling that they could play that game until tomorrow, and it would still be one to nothing. That they just wanted, that there wasn't going to be any more goals. And, and that's the feeling that I got. It, Carolina was just. Listless on offense, didn't have much. Great defense played by Florida. You talk about a team on a hot roll. That's that's the Panthers. So I mean, is is I think Vegas is the best team from top to bottom, left standing. I really do think they're the best team. However, uh, you know, maybe the hottest team is Florida, and, yeah. and we'll find out with regard to that with uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, whoever, you know, assuming it is going to be Florida and Vegas in the Stanley Cup Finals. And then, Cam, you get, uh, you know, like I said, the Celtics step up, win last night, uh, keep it alive, at least extend the series, get it back to Boston for Game 5. Maybe some hope for us Stars and Hurricanes fans. That was the Celtics team that, you know, we, we saw last year and even parts of this year where they're great on defense. They were making 20 something threes. Holding Miami, they're locking them down. That's the Celtics team that we kind of expected to see in these Eastern Conference Finals, Craig. And we have not seen it. They basically quit in Game 3, but a huge of them to come back in Game 4. And now there's a, a little bit of life in them. They have Game 5 at home now, of course. What's the stat? Uh, teams are up 3-0 or 150-0 and now after Denver yep. completed the sweep over the Lakers. So a, a long ways to go, but it does seem like Boston has a little bit momentum. I mean, we do know... They are a little bit more talented than Miami, but I think we all agree Miami is the better coach team. It's never happened in the NBA where a team down three games to none has come back to force a game seven. Um, it has happened where a couple of times where a team down 3-0 has come back to force a game seven. It's never happened where a team was down 3-0 and came back to win the series. Uh, but it has happened a couple of times where a team came back from down 3-0 to force a game seven. It's happened, uh, it happened once in the NBA Finals. Now, this is a long time ago. It was 1951. Uh, the Rochester Royals, who were the ancestral franchise of the then Cincinnati Royals, the Kansas City Omaha Kings, who then shortened to the Kansas City Kings, and we now know them as the Sacramento Kings. But back in the early 50s, they were the Rochester Royals, um, and they were up three games to none on the Knicks, and the Knicks came back and forced a game seven, but Rochester won it. Also, Mavericks fans may remember this. It wasn't that long ago when the Mavericks were up three games to none on Portland in a Western Conference, I believe, semifinal series. 
and the Blazers came back to force a game seven. I was at game five in Dallas when, you know, they got up 3 nothing. They lost game four in Portland. It's okay, they'll wrap it up in game five, win the game five, and they lost that. Then they lost game six in Portland. They'd come back and win game seven in Dallas, and they did. So it's happened a couple of times where a game seven was forced in the NBA, but no team down 3-0 has ever won a series, come back to win a series. In the NHL, it's happened four times. Once in a Stanley Cup final, I believe it was 1942, a Toronto-Detroit series. But uh, every other time it's been in the different rounds of the playoffs. And, of course, we know it's happened one time in baseball, 2004, with the Red Sox Mm -hmm. down three-zip to the Yankees uh, in the ALCS. Uh, But that's been it. It's never happened in the NBA, and I don't think it's going to happen this year, although, as you said, Celtics have a little bit of life now. A little, little bit more spirit in them. It's happened four times in the NHL, Craig. The last time was the Kings in the first round against the San Jose Sharks, but that was 2014. So for those Stars, Hurricanes fans, it's happened before in hockey a little bit more than it has, I think, in any other sport. But mm-hmm. it, it's for Dallas, I mean, the way they performed last night and with Jamie Benn ignoring the media, I mean, that's not a good look from, from your you know your senior leader on the team. At least just stand up and and face the music, just say, hey, that's on me. But to lose your composure like that in, in a must-win game three is not a good sign. And, you know, a lot of, there was an article last night in the Dallas Morning News where, you know, for Stars fans, what should you expect? Well, expect to have a summer break for the Stars players in a few days. Well, and also, um, they didn't um – uh, if I remember correctly, a couple of the Stars players, Jamie Ben included, did not even stay for post-game press conferences no. or anything yeah. like that. So uh, they, they came just in. They the put building. a they put a curtain up. From what I was told, they put a curtain up from where the players walk out to the locker room, which is usually available for the media to film, you know, for for TV, et cetera, et cetera. They put a curtain up, and like you said, Jamie Ben, a few others did not speak to the media at all did not stay around for the post-game press conference which uh it's a little disappointing you know we saw that from from john morant and, and Dylan brooks um when they lost their playoff series to i believe it was the uh the lakers right i mean you expect right. you know you expect your your team leaders to you know at least talk to the media it's the last game of the season of course now it's not the last game of the season for the dallas stars but still a- after a performance like that i mean come on guys yeah uh, okay, coming up, we're going to have a long one on it. By the way, Kansas State has gotten it back inside the 10-run deficit, uh, the 10-run barrier, and I believe they have the bases loaded with one out. It's 10-1 to one in the top of the fourth, and Cam Brown's day is done as the TCU pitcher after 83 pitches. So uh, they're going to the bullpen now uh, to uh, make a call to the pen right now. So, uh, So that's going on. Uh, here in Arlington. And again, if TCU is up by 10 or more after 7, then uh, the game is over. But right now it's a 10-1 to 1 ball game here in the uh, in the top half of the fourth inning. All right, we need a break. When we come back, we'll have our Longhorn notebook and get you uh, ready for this matchup between Texas and Kansas. We'll do that as we continue to light the tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019AM call 60. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Craig Webb and Jeff Howe. Light the Tower. Chewing on a piece of grass, walking down the road. 
This is Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 101.9, AM 1260. You know, I did not have to take the Ventura Highway to get up here to Arlington, just I-35. But it's interesting that Cam is bumping back here with uh, America because they're going to be playing in Grand Prairie a week from this weekend, but uh, we do expect to be uh, tied up with uh, regional competition for the Longhorn baseball team, which now brings us to our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. As we mentioned, Jeff is on his way up north here. He'll join me tomorrow on the show. Uh, on the show. He'll be up here, obviously, calling ball game. However, glad to have my broadcast partner here who's going to be really busy because he's also working TV on the Big 12 Conference Tournament. Keith Moreland is here, Metroplex native and resident as well. This is It's always like coming home for you, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I was raised in Carrollton, which is a suburb north, but my my parents are still with us, uh, thank the Lord, and uh, they're both in Flower Mound, so I've made that track, and I know you've made a lot of tracks to Flower Mound, of course, (laughs) with your family in that that area as well. So uh, down 360 this morning, and it was traffic, and how about the, the moisture? It was quite a bit of rain. Uh, good thing we have a roof. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I thought about that last night when it was coming. I thought, ah, yes, I wanted to worry about a lot of field prep time going on. Since we're on that subject here, and right now it's 10-2. to 2. TCU is, is leading Kansas State. K-State has scored a couple of runs. They're still batting with the bases loaded, by the way, in the fourth inning. Um, how do you think that, that team, based on your conversations with the guys and with the coaches, um, feel not only about playing in a major league park but just the fact lighting is different indoors is different dimensions are different far more asymmetrically nooks and crannies than you have in a lot of the college parks as well what's your take on on how the ball players respond well i I think first and foremost uh, all these guys that have aspirations of playing major league baseball so to get to play in a big league ballpark is always a special thing um when I was at Texas, we got to come up here to Arlington and play in the old ballpark with, with the scoreboard with the state of Texas in it. Yeah, you know, that was really you, cool. You, you, you know, so uh, it, it was such a, a an unbelievable experience. Uh, you, I love that these guys are getting that opportunity. This may be the only time in their career they can do that. So that's the that's the part that that's really enjoyable. The second part of it is the fairness of the of the gig because it doesn't play to anybody's favor because. Nobody's played in it that often enough to get really get a, a an advantage. So uh, I think you've, you've got to play surface uh, with it being field turf in the dirt. I, I you know because most of the teams in the Big Twelve are field turf. This ball hit out to right and should end the inning. But uh, you just look at that. I, I think it's a great experience. Oklahoma City was has been so much fun uh, over the years, and 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 it's you know it's a Triple A ballpark. And it's got its nooks and crannies too, yep. but playing in a big league ballpark is there's just an experience there that's really hard to substitute. Yeah, uh, to to say nothing of as you mentioned being climate controlled, it, it that helps. Oh yeah, no doubt. All right, let me ask you uh, uh, about the, the we you and I were in Kansas uh, 19 days ago when this pitching matchup happened. Uh, Colin Baumgartner of Kansas, Lucas Gordon of Texas. Only loss of the season for Lucas, who yesterday was named Big 12 Conference yeah. Pitcher of the Year. Baumgartner pitched really well there. He pitched really well in Lubbock. At, uh, later didn't get a decision on that uh, last weekend, but he's been really good. He's been their one real solid guy. So he's going to go for Kansas today, and Lucas is going for Texas, and both are going on a day's less rest. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You look at that. I was really surprised. I don't know why because Coach Pierce has, you know, done an outstanding job. And 
You know, he said, I probably was the more surprised to see Lucas Gorn in the, going in the game. Bubba Gunner's got to go. Kansas has got one chance. They've got to put themselves in the winner's bracket, and they got to win. The, they got to win the tournament to get in. So, uh, you know, they're they're they will probably use anybody they have in, in in their bullpen today, no matter if he's a starter or whatever, to try to win the game. On the other side for Texas, I believe Texas is is pretty much cemented uh, as a number two seed at least, no matter what happens in this tournament. So, uh, you know, I thought you might see everybody push back a day and. You could see a bullpen day, a, a day where you had an opener, so to speak, yep. in this game for Texas, and then go to the bullpen and say, see if you can't get a win. Um, so it's interesting. Everybody's got their own thoughts and how they want to do it. Uh, just look at it for me. If Lucas is going today on Wednesday, he will not have to pitch again until next Friday. That is a nice little gap to re-energize uh, pitchers who uh, – have you been used an awful lot because Lucas has been used an awful lot this year? Yeah, in fact, uh, eighty-three innings. So, uh, so he's gone yeah. to this point. Now, there's another school of thought on this. I want to get your thought on this as well, and this addresses the whole thing about uh, why Lucas would be uh, pitching today. Uh, there is the theory based on what's going on with uh, regional projections, uh, like for example, D1 baseball ha- has uh, Texas hosting a regional now. They have them as the 16 seed, aligned with the one seed overall, Wake Forest, but they have them as the 16 seed with Texas A&M, uh, with Dallas Baptist, the two, Texas A&M, the three, and Loyola Marymount, the four. Okay, so there's that. Then uh, the uh, the uh, regional projections from College Sports Madness have Texas as the number 13 seed overall, uh, and uh, so obviously they would be hosting a regional, and uh, they have as the other teams uh, coming in to Austin, Texas A&M is the two. They have Texas State in there, although I think even Ty Harrington said the Bobcats pretty much have to win, the, to win the tournament. Yeah, uh, had them as the three, and Grand Canyon uh, projected to win the WAC instead of Sam Houston as the four as they play that tournament. I'd just like to be playing in May in Mesa, Arizona right now. I, I, I wonder if that's at Sloan or Hohokam. I, I haven't seen if it's at Sloan Park. The brand-new Cubs facility is an outstanding facility yeah. with a lot of shade. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of overhang, okay. a lot of shade. Now, if it's Hohokam in Mesa, <laughs> where, where the Cubs were for a year, oh, that's burning hot. <laughs> I'll see if I can get you an answer on that. The, the other projection, by the way, is from Baseball America, and they do not have the Longhorns hosting. Uh, they have Texas as a number two seed in Auburn, Alabama. Now, this gets back to my question. There, there is the school of thought that the, the the best way the Longhorns can enhance their chances to be hosting a regional is to start two and zero, at least get to the semifinals and see about that, and that a loss to Kansas would do more irreparable damage to the RPI than if you were to spend your top two arms to get to Saturday and take your chances from there. I, no question, and, and I like that theory, and, and, and it, it, it makes a total lot of sense. Now let's go on the other side and talk about chalks. I think what really would help Texas is let's take the non-Power 5 schools, okay. just any, any conference in the country. Whoever's leading their deals, the chalks. I yep. mean, East Carolina getting beat yeah. didn't help. Yeah, I did. You know, in yesterday's tournament. Yeah, you know, you, you know, because there's a lot of tournaments going on across the country. Right, and you start seeing you need you need teams that you need coastal to win the Sun Belt. 
You, you know, yeah. the, 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 all the mid-majors, you need the chalks. And what I mean by that, the, the teams that have been the best all year, they've mm-hmm. won the regular season, they need to win. If that happens, I think Texas got a great chance to be in that 12, 13, and 14 category. If, if, if a lot of chalks start getting beat mm-hmm. and you start getting some other members that are going to get the automatic bids and some of these uh, mid-majors start getting at-large bids and, and that kind of thing, I I think that really, I think that really hurts Texas. That that's just my 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 gut feeling is if because they know the chalks of Coastal Carolina. If they'll win through and do whatever, they're a host. Right, right. But yeah. if they don't, yeah. And and you you look. So at you're the, saying that the the, the non power fives who are already projected yes. to host do that so that it doesn't allow say another power ACC. five. To get SEC. Yeah, I got you. Uh, because the, the power of the conferences, it just looking at I mean, I spent a long time yesterday on the way up here talking to a couple of different people across the country about this. And and uh, just they are so – there's been a, there's a nice separation between the ACC and the SEC and the rest of, the, yep. rest of college baseball. Mm-hmm. And because of that, uh, uh, if the Chalks and these other places don't get there, I think it would really help – it, Texas in that bent because then I think a team, I think the Big 12 is only going to get one regional host. Regional host. So, so, so I think five, five are guaranteed right now to get in, in my opinion, okay. and one regional host. Okay. Now, now some it, things can change. Yeah. If it's Texas and Oklahoma State getting to the final, yeah, you think there's a decent they, they, chance they, they, they both can, host? They, they, I think they can both host. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I think West Virginia is in some trouble. Uh, obviously, they've had a, they had a great early regular season. Struggled in Austin last week, and because of that, you know they're they're no longer a national seed. No, they're holding on to it for skin of their teeth. And you know, seedings don't mean a lot. But if West Virginia doesn't come here and right their ship, they're in real trouble of hosting. Oklahoma State, with their pitching woes of what's going on in their world right now, mm-hmm. I think they've got an uphill battle here this week that's just my personal opinion i think the other side of the bracket see so you, i think texas is in great position what i'm trying to get to i think yeah. texas is in great position and there was no way last week if you asked me the same question would i give in an answer that i think that they've got a chance to host but i think they're in great shape now they got to take care of business right i think the other side of this bracket the other bracket if you will the bracket yeah. two is the more fascinating one uh, starting with the matchups that you have today because you have a bedlam matchup, you have Oklahoma State, just as you said, trying to take care of business and, and For the solidify. Game in a row. Yeah, that's right. Because they just played, just like these two did. Yes. TCU and Kansas State. And TCU, by the way, has scored a run. It's eleven to two as they bat in the bottom of the fourth. All right. So, uh, so there's so there's that. Uh, where Oklahoma is, if you look at all three regional projections, they're looked at as being a last four in kind of thing, or right on, on the, the cusps. cusps. Same thing with TCU, although they really improved their chances by taking the series in Manhattan last week. Uh, but but Oklahoma's looked there. That's juxtaposed against Oklahoma State trying to lock down a regional hosting. Then you have West Virginia, who is in the straight you just laid out, that they, they've kind of got to right the ship playing a Texas Tech team that's flirting with the bubble, even though they come off taking two or three from Kansas. Uh, but And they've won 36 ball games, but... 
they're kind of flirting with it because they they wobbled down the stretch, yep. and now they play West Virginia tonight in the last game. Oh, I, I do. There's no question. Uh, 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 the second half of this bracket, I mean, uh, when Texas found a way to sweep through the weekend last weekend and become the number one seed, you it just it folded out. You just look at it. Kansas State, TCU, Kansas, Texas in one side, and then you looked at that other side with all four of those teams on the other side uh, really having aspirations of playing next weekend. Yeah. Uh, not just this weekend, but next weekend, because uh, there's going to be one or two of those teams left out. Yeah. If they go two and barbecue, as the old, old Bill Little, our great friend, would used to say, they yeah. go two and Q, uh, it could be trouble. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why it's going to be fascinating to see what's happening here. Okay. Uh, coming up next, we'll have uh, Inconceivable here. Uh, it is not inconceivable that we could have a run rule today. TCU's up 11-2 as the Horn Frogs bat with two on and two out in the bottom of the fourth inning. And, of course, if the Longhorns defeat Kansas, uh, they'll, um, they'll take on the winner of this, which right now looks pretty good to be TCU. And that would be tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock. That would be the winner's bracket game at 4. But Texas sketch to play at 12.30 against Kansas coming up here on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 12.60, live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Light the tower. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah, you got some inconceivable here. Uh, uh, Cam, uh, I, I got to start with, uh, you know, you and I are both fast food aficionados, so... Um, where do you fall with Burger King? We know where Jeff falls, you know, with no, you know, um, you know, chicken whopper. He's out. But uh, where are you with uh, Burger King? Don't eat it a lot. Last time I had it was actually in Puerto Rico, uh, wow. surprisingly. <laughs> I like the, I don't mind the chicken fries, but besides that, no, wait, I'm going to back up. I had it actually in the Orlando International Airport because they have only three restaurants in the airport for some reason. So, <laughs> Puerto Rico in the airport. Last couple times I've had Burger King for you, Craig. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, well, a uh, Burger King restaurant franchise in Wake Forest, Florida. Of course. The, uh, a franchisee has ordered been ordered to pay almost $8 million oh. to a customer after he, he slipped in a restaurant mm. on, a, on what was called a wet foreign substance uh, whatever that is he, su- <laughs> he suffered back, uh, back injuries that required surgery ended up having complications so uh, Robert Tulecki who's now 48 years of age slipped and fell on a wet foreign substance in July of 2019 the lawsuit was filed in January 2021 Burger King franchisee Seven Restaurants is the name of the company that's the franchisee, had breached its duty of care by exposing customers to a hazard. So uh, it's, yeah, it did not go over there. All right, speaking of uh, uh, restaurants, fast food restaurants in foreign countries, or at least in in different territories outside the continental U.S., because you said, what, you'd been to one in Puerto Rico? Yeah, you'd that's been a, to, Okay. Uh, we take you to Australia and to a McDonald's where okay. a man uh, has been banned and arrested at the drive-thru. Not because he did something wrong driving through. Not because he threatened anybody. No, he was on a motorcycle and he was drunk and he fell off. Uh, his name, by the way, is Cameron. It's Cameron Dixon. He's 28, twice the limit 
when he was seen riding unsteadily over the pavement before falling off his bike. Now, the staff alerted a policeman who was on break inside the Admiral Retail Park McDonald's in Eastburn, Australia. Uh, Sergeant Chris Ambrose, working a night shift, approached him about 1.30 in the morning. He failed a roadside breath test, arrested, taken to custody. He uh, tested positive. Now, if you test positive uh, on 100 milliliters of breath, the legal limit there, 35 micrograms. He tested positive for 76 micrograms. Mm. And so after he was arrested, they said, are you drunk? And he said he admitted to having a drink. <laughs> he was with his family. Uh, so at the court, he admitted driving over the limit, disqualified from driving for 17 months, ordered to pay a what amounts to a $428 fine, Thanks. court cost, surcharge, and then McDonald's banned him. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, it's a cherry on top. Don't not, go rolling in here on your Not the 17 months of having your license suspended. It's because you can't get a McRib anymore. That's right. Don't go rolling in here on your uh, on your motorcycle drunk. Um, were you a fan of, I mean, you're a little young for this. Were you a fan of The Wizard of Oz? Uh, actually, gave me nightmares. The Flying Monkeys. Did it really? The Flying Monkeys? Yeah, no. That, that kept me up. At night, so no, okay. I don't think I'm thinking I'm probably too scared to watch it. But I've watched it since I was a kid. Yeah. Well, uh, U.S. authorities have charged a man in connection with the theft of a pair of the ruby red slippers worn by Judy Garland mm. in The Wizard of Oz, nearly 20 years after they were stolen from a museum in Minnesota. Yesterday, a federal grand jury indicted Terry John Martin on one count of a major artwork for allegedly stealing, quote, an object of cultural heritage from the care, custody, and control of a museum. The slippers were valued at at least $100,000. Wow. Yeah. See, I I wish we had uh, uh, Jeff here since he's into the collectibles. You know, in August 2005, authorities said a thief broke into the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, before smashing a glass display case and stealing the slippers. And a breakthrough in the case was made 13 years later when officials recovered the slippers during an undercover operation in Minneapolis. No suspects were taken into custody at that time, but they figured it out. And so that guy was taken. All right. So, so that was, was he was he just, like, wearing them around the house, Craig? <laughs> no, they had re- actually recovered the slippers, but they continued the investigation as to how they were stolen. Ah. And, then they, and then they actually uh, finally found that out uh, there. Uh, interesting story here. I was going to get to this yesterday and did not get a chance to get to it. Um, this happened in Boston. Father and son from Massachusetts both have been sent to prison for running an elaborate lottery fraud scheme. That was designed to enrich themselves and help prize winners avoid paying taxes. Uh, Ali Jafar and Youssef Jafar, not spelled the same as the Jafar from Aladdin fame. This is two R's, two A's in the word Jafar you know, before the F. Uh, both of Watertown, Mass, cashed in, Cam, 14,000 winning lottery tickets over roughly a 10-year period laundered more than $20 million in proceeds and then lied on their tax returns to cheat the IRS out of about $6 million. (laughs) The Jafars purchased winning lottery tickets at a discount from people who wanted to avoid identification by the State Lottery Commission, which withholds taxes and outstanding child support payments from payouts. So they would buy the tickets from them 
using the stores that sold them as go-betweens. The Jafars then would claim the full prize amount, although they reported the winnings on their tax returns. They also claimed equivalent fake gambling losses as an offset to avoid federal income taxes. Uh, Ali Jafar sentenced to five years in prison. Youssef Jafar got a sentence of more than four years. They were also ordered to pay $6 million in restitution and forfeit the profits from their ski. They had a pretty elaborate little deal going. Yeah, you know, almost the, got away with it. Yeah, with the convenience stores, which are also being punished for this, to be unlicensed, uh, the ones that were found guilty in this, and then the other people that were trying to avoid the taxes out of that, they're getting nailed. So it's a crackdown. It's a lottery crackdown. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, TCU cracking down on K-State. It's 16-2 to two as they go to the fifth. Yeah, this thing's going to go seven innings and then probably get back on track of that. So coming up, Cam will be joined by Chad Hastings, second hour of the program. Jeff and I will be back to bring you the program tomorrow. Pre-game right now, right now, still scheduled for uh, 12-15 and the first pitch at 12-30. We'll see how all that shakes down for Texas and Kansas at the Big 12 Conference Tournament. So stay tuned. Second hour of Light the Tower is coming up here on The Horn, 104.9, 101.9, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.